Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me, my co-host, Chad Cruz. Fucking A. It is Thanksgiving week. It is indeed. I uh I'm thankful for a lot of things. Um, but I think this podcast will be talking about some things I'm not thankful for. Yeah, okay, very good. Well, know what we are thankful for is that we have a special guest with us once again from Figures Toy Company, the man himself, the toy man himself, Christy Petrillo. Thank you, gentlemen, for that fine introduction. I'm thankful and grateful to be back with you for another wonderful review of a film that I understand uh, was a first-timer for the both of you and it's been a long time since i've seen it so this should be a very interesting discussion yeah we went to the suggestion box uh for for this uh this particular episode as we've gone to the suggestion box all week on bulletproofaction.com but one thing i'd like to suggest to everybody especially if you are an action figure enthusiast is that you check out figures toy company it is the holiday season now toy man what is going on before we get in, before we maybe get into a bad mood, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about toys. Let's talk about Figures Toy Company and what's going on for the holidays. Uh, let's see. Well, right now we're a little bit uh, ahead of schedule holiday-wise because we've just released our retro figure of the Easter Bunny, a fully posable 8-inch tall retro figure. Um, so, you know, ahead of Christmas, we've already got Santa and Mrs. Claus in stock, and now we've got the Easter Bunny added to the holiday collection. We've also got Curly Joe Dorita and Joe Besser, the two latter-day members of the Three Stooges. Uh, each now has their own figure in our Three Stooges collection, so now every Stooge is available to you, uh, along with Lupe the Wolfman from the Idle Rumors wave. Uh, we should have more coming, like the We Want Our Mummy wave, which will feature their mummy foil from that particular episode. Uh, for you wrestling fans, we've got a lot of accessories in stock now. Um, we've got our new wrestling figure backdrops. Uh, so if you do figure photography and need a crowd shot, a background, a backstage, anything like that, um, it is a set of reversible backdrops that feature a whole host of scenarios. We've got display stands for your action figures. So if you've got them set up on a shelf and just want them posed there for all of your friends and family to stare at when they visit you for the holidays, get the display stands and set up your favorite AEW, WWE, or FTC figures on those. We've got the wrestling audience crowd signs, which come with a dry erase marker so you can actually create your own signs for your display or your figure photography. Uh, just a whole lot in stock at Figures Toy Company. And uh, it's also the coming down to the wire for you being able to purchase DC Comics or Hanna-Barbera retro figures as our licensing with Warner Brothers will be coming to an end at the end of the year. So DC Comics and Hanna-Barbera figures are now on sale for $19.99 each. And uh, once they are gone, they are gone because it does not look like we will be pursuing uh, a renewal with Warner Brothers. So definitely stock up on those superhero figures while you can. Chad, I know you were uh, checking out some figures toy company not too long ago. Did you pick anything up? Um sad to say that I did not. I had a had a birthday coming up for for my son and I was looking at a couple of the wrestling figures and I I don't know if if Chris you've run into this at all, Mr. Toy Man, but my boy is uh He's so in and out of different, you know, genres of toy, you know, one moment he's super duper hot with the wrestling figures and he's playing with them a lot. And then he may not touch him for three months. And, and I felt like I was in one of those stages. I was in one of those cold stages and I basically just uh, failed to pull the trigger on a couple of figures. So yeah, we've, uh, we've gone through that with, uh, we've gone through that with Zach. I mean, you know, my son, Zach, he'll be nine come springtime in March and he's in that transitional phase now where it's more about the comic book collecting and playing the video games and he'll still, you know, bust out his wrestling figures, but it's kind of starting to 
space out a little bit. And even with Christmas coming, it's like, hey, dude, you know, you got any figures you want to put on your list? And right. even some of the guys that he really loves, like he loves Carmelo Hayes and, you know, Solo Sokoa. And, you know, he's seen these guys in the store or he's like, you know, got his little Christmas list out. And he's like, eh. I'm good, Dad. I just kind of want books and video games. And, uh, you know, then a day later, he's got his figures out. So yeah. it's uh, it's that awkward stage. But, I mean, truthfully, you know, I'm a collector. You know, we're all collecting our own stuff. So if it prevents me from having to double up on <laughs> so true. much and keep a little bit of money in the bank, then by all means, let him keep reading and uh, plugging away on his Xbox. I already have my Carmelo Hayes figure. Of course you do. That was just a basic, though, right? No, it's an elite. Is an elite? That's yep. cool. Yeah. I I got the elite, and then my buddy found the chase version. So uh, if Zach decides he does want them, <clears throat> I've got one of each, so I can pass one on to him for some uh, playability. There you go. Figurestoycompany.com. Uh, and what about your social media, Chris? If they want to hit you up there and ask you for. Uh... American Ninja figures or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to bother me personally, uh, I am at Zach Malibu on what was formerly known as the Twitter machine. I guess you can call it the X machine now. Uh, and if you mm. want to check out the company pages, just look up Figures Toy Company by that name on Facebook and Instagram or seek out at Figures Toy Co. on Twitter slash X. And it was on the current day X that uh, our good friend Saurav Dutt suggested our movie for this episode of the Bulletproof podcast. Uh, You know, I don't, I'm feeling a theme with this suggestion box Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if our followers hate us. Well, that is a good guess that yes they probably do i you know what i think that some of them probably you know that old adage uh misery loves company i think I that sometimes that's that yeah makes more sense i think sometimes you watch a movie and and you think there are very um not controversial thoughts but there are thoughts about like like the movie we're going to be talking about today there are so many moments where i think that the movie is going to turn for the better right and it just doesn't so i think that there are movies like this that you that you want them to be good or they have elements that are so good. And then we can all kind of sit around together and scratch our heads and say, what the hell were they doing? How'd they There's botch potential. this? You saw, you saw potential, Chad Cruz. You saw, you saw potential. a little nugget of hope there. And what's funny is, is uh, this was actually my second time watching this, but I hated it the first time. <laughs> and I, I didn't even write about it. That's how much I hated it. Uh, how long yeah, that- ago was it that you watched it? Did you watch it? Well, you said you write about it. So was it within like the last couple of years that you came across it? I probably watched it. I mean, this was probably six years ago. It was it was within the the confines of the website, you know. The well, that covers nine years. Yeah. So it was it was you know several years ago, but I don't I didn't remember much. I just remembered that there wasn't much that I liked. So the rewatch was was necessary for this podcast, but it hurt. Yeah. Uh, and the movie we're talking about is 1998's Point Blank. We're actually just a, a little bit, a couple weeks away from its anniversary, and I'm sure everyone in the world will be celebrating it. Uh, let's get started. Uh, you know, it kicked off, and yeah, now, Chad and I had the conversation that he had seen it, and it was so bad he didn't even want to write about it. And I'm just, you know, I've dealt with Chad uh, for nearly a decade now on this site, and I know how he can be sometimes. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to put whatever he set aside and I'm going to just watch this movie as, as clean of a slate as possible. I'm not going to try to let Chad influence me. And it, it, when it starts off, we get this Department of Corrections bus uh, in Texas, which I, I didn't even know existed. I assumed everybody just gets murdered or executed in Texas. On site, they don't even bring you in for due process. Exactly, I didn't. I that so I that was like, oh wow, I learned something, uh, in in the first few seconds, and you know, there's a bus, there's a police escort, another vehicle comes up alongside, guys pop out with guns. It's like, all right, this is this is good. Like, what the frick is Chad Cruz's problem? We're off to a good start here, and that feeling ended not too much longer after this. Um, but we, we do see when this happens that some of the prisoners inside the bus chat seem to know this was coming while yeah. others were not yeah. so lucky. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it certainly feels like, uh, you know, this was obviously arranged this, this breakout, this bus breakout. We've seen so many cool, uh, prison bus breakouts in the past that, you know, nowhere to run, nowhere to run. Yeah. Uh, when this happens, was it 48 hours or which is the first one or the second one? Another 48 hours. One of them. I think it's the second one. Second one. Um, but so we're, we're instantly thrown into this hot start, like you said, and it's kind of exciting. You know, we've seen this before. We've seen really good ones before. And this one, it just kind of like misses it. You know, you get what, what doesn't miss is that guy with the rocket launcher though. Well, you know, if you miss with the rocket launcher, it's yeah, going to be bad news. It's going to get messy. So yeah, we got a guy with the rocket launcher. He blows up the lead police car and all this is going on. And uh, then we cut to like a nice, peaceful Texas ranch. And you got James Gammon in there. He's talking to his horse. We meet Rudy Ray, played by the one and only Mickey Rourke, still looking somewhat human. And yeah, not point. Rudy Ray Moore, folks. Not Dolomite. No, not so. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. Uh, so we get Rudy Ray. He's digging a ditch. Why much not? Like uh, Dusty Rhodes' grand or daddy. Uh, the baby. world needs ditch diggers too. That's right. Um, and, and so Dad and Rudy are having a talk about Brother Joe, who is being moved upstate, and now we oh he must have been one of the prisoners on the bus. He's in prison for murder. And dad kind of mentions, oh, you know, if only he would have just killed somebody in a third world country like you did, Rudy. So we kind of <laughs> get a feeling here that, you know, they're dropping little breadcrumbs that, all right, Rudy had to be some kind of soldier, mercenary, something. He was a trained killer where obviously Joe was more of a something that happened in his life here right. in the States. Right. And and there's some, you know, even starting here, right, we're, we're meeting Rudy Ray. That's an interesting name, you know, that it's like a comic book name, right? The alliteration with the letters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say Mickey Rourke looks good. He lo- he's jacked. He's jacked. His face looks like shit still, but not as shitty as it will look. No, but this is 25 years ago too. So, Correct. but he does look great. He's jacked. James Gammon's uh, very helpful, right? You, you see a, a, a recognizable face and you're instantly like, relieved and voice and voice of course the voice um but yeah i mean another case of like the don't tell me about his past like show me something mm-hmm. you know what i mean like right john mcclain would have been like conversing with a guy on a plane and noticing things that most people wouldn't notice and looking up and seeing a camera and you can tell that he's kind of investigative in a way Whereas this guy just, everybody just talks about him, which to me is the wrong way to do an action film. Yeah. You want action, not talk. That's why it's an action film. It's true. Not a talk. It is a talkie though. I mean, technically, um, we cut to the Fort Worth shopping plaza. Uh, I wonder if the Von Erichs ever had a signing at the Fort Worth shopping plaza back in the day. Maybe Bill Mercer was there to cover it's a good it. Chance. Um, if it even existed, if it's even a real place, I don't know. Uh, but it's just prior to closing time, um, and for whatever reason, Chris, these escaped convicts decide to go to the mall, and they're not there to uh, check out the latest at the Gap. Yeah, no, they're there for one convict in particular's ulterior motive. They're not there. I mean, but you would think they would spend some time maybe, you know, getting out of their prison blues, but they spend the rest of their movie, uh, I'm sorry, the movie, in their uh, prison denim. But no, uh, they are there because Howard, uh, who is played by Paul Ben Victor, uh, who has been in uh, numerous things. I actually just watched him in Plane, speaking about people missing with rocket launchers. Uh, watched that over the weekend on cable. but uh, And also, we mentioned the Stooges. He was Mo Howard in the Three Stooges television mm-hmm. movie back in 2000. Uh, but apparently, he has a secret office at the mall, yeah, which is where they need to go to. And uh, that's not the most implausible thing, because you guys would probably not know this, but here in Rhode Island, there is a mall in Providence, the Providence Place Mall, uh, right down the street from the State House. And about 
15, almost 20 years ago, there was a local artist who found an abandoned access room and managed to convert it into a functional apartment without mall security even knowing about it for several wow. years. Look that, look that up, people. Look up, look up the secret apartment at Providence Place Mall. It's a pretty interesting story. They had a TV, a hot plate, a couch. Like They got all this stuff in there and were basically squatting inside the mall. And the guy kind of tried to get off the hook by saying it was an art project because he was like a performance artist or something. Mm. Um, <laughs> so smart. having an office at the mall, you know, reading your notes where that seemed like, you know, this guy's got a secret office at the mall. I could believe that because 10 minutes away from my house, some guy had a secret apartment at our mall. So would you have squatters rights? After seven years, you have squatters rights, right? I think they got them just in time. I think it was only like two wow. years or something like that. Beautiful. I, you know, and, and it, it seemed odd that he has a secret office at the mall, uh, at least in 1998. Nowadays, I think malls as uh, beleaguered as they are would be mm -hmm. welcome. Like, hey, anybody want to have a secret office here? Because yeah. we got plenty yeah. of room. We got as plenty long as you're of room. Pay your lease and you're good. Yeah. Um, and isn't there a saying about people with two first names? Uh, don't Paul trust ben, Yeah, don't tr Paul Van Victor has three. Oh. Thing. so he's really somebody you can't trust and he plays a villain so often he's, he's just yeah. you know he's like when you see him you know he's going to be just like slimy like Arr. yeah he's he's definitely uh one of the main villains in this one uh at least the intellectual villain uh yes I think we have the more physical uh, the mastermind villain. the mastermind yeah and he mastermind this this breakout with Rudy Ray's brother, Joe Ray. Um, Joe's the one who basically recruited the guys, and I, I don't know how or why they had to go right to this mall. I know it's Howard's got an office there, but it, I guess it doesn't matter. Back at the ranch, <laughs> sheriff, the sheriff comes by, pays Dad a visit, finds out Joe was among these escaped convicts who are now holding hostages at the mall, Dad turns to Rudy and asks, what are you going to do about it, son? And Rudy doesn't take very long. He hops in his muscle car and he is off to the mall. That's uh, an old, uh, I don't know what year it was, but it's an old roadrunner. My dad had a roadrunner when I was very, very young. I wish you still had it. I'm sure you do. Um, we find out that the guy Joe killed was a drug dealer. So it's kind of, and we're going to get all, all the convicts sob stories. Well, all but one. Cause he probably doesn't really have one. Uh, Howard. Meanwhile, back at the mall has military grade weapons for the convicts to play with, which is exactly what you want uh, convicts to have. Mm -hmm. um, we've got, we get a female hostage uh, and we, we meet the wild card of the group. I don't think he was originally in the plan. Wallace played by Danny Trejo. Uh, and he has an interesting way of dealing with this hysterical female, Chad. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's he has what you might describe as an itchy trigger finger. And he's not afraid to pull the trigger. Um, but it's not always on, on the person that you might think. Because uh, even though there's a lady who's kind of going nuts and acting a fool and she's obviously scared, uh, he basically just blows away some guy that's sitting uh, 10 sitting feet away from quiet. her. Yeah, just sitting <laughs> quiet, not minding, his, just trying to obey yeah. orders. And Isn't you know an this interesting choice. This feels like you know this feels like a, a a role Danny Trejo is perfect for. Yeah. Whether a lot of this stuff is in the script or not, I'm not sure, but but he certainly makes the most of his time. Yeah. Can you script Danny Trejo? I don't you, know. Do you, do you just say Danny? Do be Danny Trejo? Yeah. Be crazy. It'd be a. I, I mean, as was, we see later in the movie, it seems like <laughs> there were a lot of things that didn't fit within the context of it that they just let happen. Yeah. And I think that uh, what this was, what, like a year after Con Air, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Con, yeah, Con so, Air was 97. So, you know, Treo and him and um, the guy who plays Joe, I can't remember his name, but he, he was uh, also Kevin on Gage. the plane. Kevin Gage, yeah. So they were both, you know, convicts that were on the plane together. They just so. kept their wardrobe and moved over to this movie. And Danny Treo is still a rapist. Oh, yeah. So... Well, again, this is taking place in Texas, so it's not surprising that we have a Texas Ranger 
on on site. Mac, played by Frederick Forrest, who I just recently saw as an admiral in the Michael Dudikoff, Richard Norton movie, Black Thunder. Um, He's currently in charge of things, uh, but you know, in this situation, that the feds are certainly going to show up at some point. And when Rudy's there talking to Mac, who we kind of get a feeling that these two, obviously, this is not the first time they met. Um, you know, he's like, if these feds get involved, you're going to have another Waco on your hands. Um, and that gets mentioned again a little bit later. Um, go back inside the mall. We see Joe meeting with Howard in his secret and swanky office. Um, and he's like, you know, we had a deal. Where's this helicopter, Howard? Howard's like, oh, it's on the way, but until it comes, I'll distract the authority with crazy demands. That classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using the uh, the airheads method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Naked pictures of B. Arthur. Chad has those if anybody's interested. Yes. Yes. Um so Rudy uh wastes no time. He gets up there, he's on the roof, he already takes out one of the guards. Um, he kind of takes a peek through the skylights. He's that they've got the hostages and surveys the situation and what he's about to get himself into. Um, we go down to the hostages where our boy Wallace is getting turned on by Tracy. I think he's the... your, he's your boy brain. No, you're, you said our boy. Yeah. Well, I think he's a vile creature. He is. He's a horrible human being. Yes. Um, and he's getting really, I mean, and he was in prison. Uh, yeah. So there is that. He's horny. Uh, he's horny. And there's a, a attractive female employee of the mall. Um, and he's sticking his gun between her legs. And it's a literal gun. I'm not, it's not a euphemism. No. But when you're talking about euphemisms, the mall has many great euphemisms. It uh, does. Baby Gap is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Lady Foot Locker. That's a good one. Okay. Um, let's see. In and Out Burger. That's another good one. Okay. These are all euphemisms for a vagina, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the Bulletproof Podcast, folks. All right. Um, Rudy is now inside the mall. And the hysterical woman from earlier uh, decides, oh, while uh, Wallace is busy licking on Tracy. And is this the back-to-back licking, uh, women being licked podcast we've had, Chad? Uh, it's at least two. <laughs> Could be more. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll make this a trend. Um, she tries she tries to sneak away while Wallace is distracted licking Tracy, and she gets this time she gets it, and she ends up floating in the little fountain. Yeah. Uh, you know, classic. You got to have a fountain in your mall. Yeah. Um, then, uh, once he's done doing that, he decides the gun needs a little bit more action, and he makes Tracy blow it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Danny the, Trejo. And, and you know what is funny is, I, I'm pretty sure I had been reading the, the IMDb trivia, and it said that these were all Danny Trejo's idea. I completely improv Danny Trejo. Just but that's why he's such a good bad guy. You know, yes, he he's an excellent bad guy. 20 so. years later, he would be splitting his time between acting as machete and doing family films and making tacos and very pricey tacos. From what I understand. Are they? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the convicts, realize they have an unexpected visitor the proverbial fly in the ointment since this is a diehard type scenario although i almost feel bad comparing it to diehard like i feel guilty saying that because diehard is an amazing and excellent film and this is more like diehard to watch right oh bam yeah it made it even harder because i had just watched rewatched diehard like two days before i watched point blank and and it was, it's just, you know, the movie's always, you know, in your head after you've seen it so many times, yeah. but, but having watched it so recently, you know, you see all these things in the movie that pop up that are, they, they want to be so bad <laughs> related to Die Hard. It's just, it's not good. 
I, I can't wait to watch Die Hard over this holiday weekend to hopefully help start erasing the memories of this uh, mm-hmm. point blank. I hope my mind goes blank to this movie is what I'm hoping for. It happened um, to me. To keep uh, Wallace, who obviously, okay, they realize this Wallace guy, he's going to be a problem. But you know what? Let's give him some blow. That should help out, right? Yeah. He's horny. Let's get mm-hmm. him high as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got another convict, Sonny, uh, who I was like battling my memory as to where I remembered him from, and then I remembered he was in the pr- he was like the main bad guy in the principal. He was also in Money Talks with Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. He was Chris Tucker's cousin that uh, showed up ah. with the rocket launcher at the end. Another rocket launcher. Another rocket. You know what? I haven't seen Money Talks in so long. That was a fun one. It was a great movie. Yeah. We should be talking about that. So yeah, Sonny's going to go search for the fly in the ointment with two of Joe's nameless, faceless guys. Uh, we do find out at some point that Sonny is a Marine, which is good because he kind of, he holds his own in this. He's not just like getting lucky. He, at first I was like, is that Leon? And then yeah. I realized it wasn't Leon. And then I had yeah. wished he were Leon. Yeah, Leon pumps up in a lot of action movies. Yeah, so and then I was thankful was a, it wasn't Leon because I would have been sad for him. Yeah, don't he don't need that. He doesn't need that on his resume. Um, Howard is on the phone talking to Mac. He wants three new 747s at three different Texas airports. So just kind of, again, with the ridiculousness. Um, there's another female hostage who is very happy to do drugs with Wallace. And they go off to party, which now yeah. leaves young convict Billy left to watch everybody on his own. Um, Rudy is injured during the, so we get the, you gotta, the fly in the ointment has to be injured. He can't go unscathed. Yeah. So he does that. And it, that's with Sonny and his two guys. Um, and now we go back to Billy. And, and that's one of the things I think I had the biggest problem this movie, there was no flow. It just kept cutting back and forth. Just when you started getting into something, we would go learn about convict Billy mm-hmm. and he accidentally crashed into a cop car. And that's how he became a cop killer. And that's how he got in prison. And it's because he freaked out. Cause he had no money, eh. but Tracy eats it up. But of course she just was nearly, uh, sexually assaulted by a, a creepo so mm-hmm. anybody after that is going to seem better in comparison wouldn't you say yeah i think you almost you know if you're in that situation as a hostage and you have this guy who's uh you know damn near raping you and yeah. with with his gun mm-hmm. uh you kind of want to make an ally at some point and and whether that was her her intention or not or she just felt empathy for the guy, which it seems like she does. Uh, you know, it works for her. Uh, Billy just doesn't fit in with these other criminals, it seems like. But you know what? Even Sonny doesn't fit in either. Like, it, it's a very, you know, hodgepodge of guys, uh, which, you know, Joe, between all the criminals who escaped, none of them, except for Wallace, are, well, right. are really like legit like they yeah. did it on purpose and it exactly. was not a, a, a situation, a circumstance. That so, got yeah. It's there. like, they want them all to be sympathetic characters. Yes. Like they couldn't decide on just one or two. Right. Thankfully, Danny Trey was like, how about you guys be sympathetic? I'll go try to rape all these girls and snort a bunch of Coke and kill everybody. Right. He's like, got okay. that woman dancing with for him. Yes. And you mentioned him having an itchy trigger finger. I think after spending some time with her, Something else might have been itching, uh, but that's Your genitals. Just, that's just the uh, the vibe I got from this woman. She seemed loose. Um, I mean, she's doing a pole dance in the middle of a mall, right? It, yeah, out prisoner, which like Thank she's a hostage. Right. Bless her heart. Thank you. Do you? You? Yes. I'm not just saying this to be a proactively uh, stripping uh, and pole a misogynist. Dancing. I'm saying this woman is not right. I think that. You know, maybe maybe this is a, a a play on her part, right? I I I seduce him, I right, yeah, and the lower his guard, and w- when he least expects it, desperate, the yeah, and it could just be a desperate times call for desperate measures. Thing, maybe she's a church going woman, yeah, normally, because you know after 
after Wallace got that nut out and he'd been in there for a while, <laughs> yeah, he would have been damn near asleep and she could have yeah. done whatever she wanted. She could have escaped. Although the Coke could have kept them going. Yeah. The Coke negates that, that nut does. nap. It nut. negates the nut. <laughs> <laughs> nut nap. Hashtag nut nap. <laughs> I wish I took a nap instead of watch this movie, but we're going to move on. Uh, so Sonny reports back to Joe about the uninvited guest, tells Joe to watch his ass, which is something I'm sure you hear in prison quite a bit. So mm. common, uh, common, uh, what am I saying? Advice. Uh, so the coked out Wallace has had enough of his female friend. So he goes up to the front of the mall where look out, look in the parking lot where all the authorities are. He shoots out some of those windows and then kills her for everyone to see because that's wallace <laughs> that's wallace it's like a sitcom exactly but why why did he do this does it make any sense to anybody well i mean at least at this point he's coked out so yeah, he's he's, he just, he's he doesn't know he's not in his right mind if he ever was in his right mind now we get this sad story of Sonny, a former marine who found out his commanding officer was fucking his wife Jody. Jody. No, not his wife's not named Jody. Jody's the guy that's banging your wife. Jody. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he killed him and he killed him real good because he stabbed him 14 times, then slit his throat just to make sure. Hell yeah. 14 times in the heart. Mm, he still might be alive. Let me slit his throat. Not let me clear my his throat. What? No. <laughs> uh, and now, of course, in classic Die Hard scenario, Chris, we get the feds. And they've arrived. And, of course, they're not liking the way that uh, Mac has been handling the situation thus far. Uh, no, they are not. And that's uh, what leads to us getting all the exposition on Rudy. We get all that backstory, finding out that he was once Mac's Texas Rangers, not the Texas Rangers baseball team. But he was his partner on the Texas Rangers uh, and then became a mercenary, which I guess is what uh, dad, James Gammon, was alluding to before, where he talked about how he had killed people in third world countries. Mm -hmm. That's right. And uh, inside, Joe's getting fed up with Howard and gives him, you got an hour to get us out of here. Again, why did you come here to begin with? Uh, what? Did Howard get something from the mall or did he just want to go hang out at his secret? I don't freaking care. I don't know. And you know what? I thought I'd miss that at one point. Uh, you know, I, I've seen this movie once before, one other time, but I'd forgotten most of it. And then when I was watching, it's like, yeah, it did time, he have money in this? Did, I would assume it must've been he, money. He had he to had have money in his safe. Yeah. Well, he had all the guns. That's one thing. That's true. Okay. I, but uh, yeah, it was. I was like, at one point, I was like, "Does he own this mall?" I didn't understand because <laughs> I was like, "Why would you bring the police to where you're, where you are?" And let's before we go on, uh, how awful would it be? I mean, he didn't have a ton of guys. No. A mall would be a horrible place to try to like do what they're doing because there's so especially many an act, especially an active mall in right. the late nineties. There's all kinds of entrances and exits and this and that. He didn't have enough guys to cover all that. This should have been over with. Those... Well, he, he did. Uh, they had like a tunnel, like an escape tunnel, right? They do have an escape. So tunnel. maybe I'm that saying... was the whole purpose. Like I'm going to go that's to a place. True. It's like, you know, where I'm like, if I'm well, in that's high his, chase... but he's, he told them about the helicopter, but uh... yeah, if I'm in a high speed chase, I'm going to like go park in a parking garage. Right. The most dangerous place in action movies is a parking garage. Are you freaking kidding me? But yeah, it's dangerous if I'm in there, baby. Here, I'm going to kiss uh, my biceps. Hold on. Oh, jeez. But yeah, you jump out, you get a different vehicle, and you... This is why we haven't done the move to video, because Chad does stuff like that. Nobody wants to see that. I'm rocking a pretty sweet mustache right now, Brent, I got to tell you. Uh, is it for No Shave November, or you just... A new look you're going for, no, trying to be like Vince McMahon. This look will be gone in okay. in a week, maybe. Okay, just want to get that Thanksgiving pop, and then you, it'll be gone. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, the, the mall. I don't like it. Um, 
the brothers do get to reunite. Um, Rudy is not going to let anybody kill Joe and he can get Joe out. Joe's like, you know, just go home. I got this covered. We don't need you here, Rudy. Howard then takes a visit to the hostages and he's calling. He wants some chocolates and the good chocolate, not the crap. Um, Wallace puts in an order. He wants to get drunk because being high isn't good enough. <laughs> and it, the hour quickly moved by because Joe tells Howard, hey, your time is up. So time is just flying, except if you're actually watching the movie. <laughs> well, you know what? It is a pretty fast film, though. Right? It is. Because there's no flow. It's so like, it's almost like you're watching the highlights of. It's like if someone took a, a cool Die Hard knockoff movie, but they only give you the bad highlights. <laughs> like they, oh, well, they could have been good ones that we didn't see. Uh, but. It's just a bizarre flick. It just keeps, and it gets more bizarre. I feel as you go on. Yeah, Chris, you were. What, what were you about to? Chris, were you about to say something? Oh well, when uh, when Chad said the bad highlights, I'm like, you know, so the lowlights. <laughs> like, right. He kind of yeah, like yeah, he, he kind of right. tripped over his words for a second. So I was just chiming in to bust his chops. You can chime in whenever you want. Uh, that's why you're you're in the guest spot. My chops uh, are so busted, it's not even funny. All right. Pork chop cash. All right, feds are moving in. Uh, Mac thinks it's a mistake. We'll find out that Mac is right momentarily. Then we get Rudy setting the perfume palace on fire, Chad Grews, just oh, when God. you were about to buy your loved ones some perfume, too. My God. So these, these criminals, these bad guys, are just kind of standing around doing nothing. Yeah. Some of them are wearing masks. All the ones in masks are the ones who are about to get yeah, set on fire about to die and have been just recycled from the other masks. Yeah. But go on. And they're then Rudy, the somehow there's a, a, a pool, a long pool of flammable fluids from him all the way to this fucking yeah. kiosk. Yeah. Wait, they're, they're, his, his fluids are flammable. Oh, no, again, Chad Wallace's, tra- Wallace's fluids. <laughs> Chad is always trying to work in <clears throat> personal secretions on this program. That's go right. On. Hashtag secretions. Um, <laughs> so Rudy sets this this pool of someone's fluids on fire, and it like slowly makes its way to the perfume palace kiosk. And the guys are just like standing around laughing, like, "What was that? That's weird." <laughs> and then like ten seconds <laughs> That's later, exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> ten seconds later, it blows up, and the guys are standing around fire like dumbasses. Uh, it it. Oh my God, if it, if it had just exploded instantly, like if the flame had gone there and, and then he, he, cause he shoots the little fucking perfume gimmick and it's just so bad. They're just standing there like, Oh, I wonder who did that. And they're surrounded by flames, but there's yeah. no like, Hey, maybe we should get out of this yeah, no. space. The, the only ones who to think about that are Wallace, Sonny and Joe who now are opposing Rudy. God. But that's about the time the feds come in to prove that other people could be dumbasses in this movie. And they just are getting picked off as they rappel down. Again, this is a mall with 9,052 doors in and out of it. Why the fuck you got to come down through the roof? Dude, if you're in a SWAT yeah, why team, not have a good old fact- I was just going to say, why not have the SWAT team just that strategically placed? To- but, you know, we're thinking too hard about a movie that was made 25 years ago. I suppose. Um, but yeah, so Mac was right. It was a mistake going in and just like watching this movie was a mistake going in. All right. Um, <laughs> the action moves to an area of the mall that is under construction. So here we get a little bit of that Die Hard 2 vibe where there's that yeah. part of the airport that uh, was under construction. Um, and it's Wallace versus Rudy at this point, which I'm like, I, so now I'm thinking, OK, we must be getting close to the end. Yeah. Um, there's a big shootout. There's paint getting splattered. So now yeah. Wallace is coked out. He's looks like he went on one of those stupid paint run gimmicks. Yeah. Um, it's buried Sonny, under some drywall concrete. Yeah. He's yeah. Sonny then takes a break from it to call his cheating wife. Just to let her know that he'll always love her. <laughs> um, again, why uh, we go back to Rudy and Wallace. Now they're in hand to hand combat mode and they're just, 
fighting it out. And then they start grabbing whatever they can. Rudy tries <laughs> to choke out Wallace with a chain. And Wallace does the old reversal and has Rudy's head right up against the table saw or just about to. Uh, fortunately, Sonny does show back up and sh- decides to shoot Wallace, thus saving Rudy. Yes. In a shocking move. Um, Sonny wants to know who the hell Rudy is. Rudy's like, hey, chose my brother. It's your move, soldier. What are you going to do? And the whole time this is all going on, the music was really freaking bizarre to me. Like, it did not fit. A lot of fit. the Texas twang. It did not fit what was going on. I, I'm I, I'm going to have to look it up, but I'm going to say that they probably got some type of, like, huge tax credit for the Texas setting and... Because even in the beginning, the credits even said Texas casting with like two names on it. Mm. So I'm going to guess this was some type of like localized production with the few big names that we had here, like uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, Then they decide, okay, we got to get the hostages out. Just I don't know why now is the time, but they have to. But there's fires everywhere now. I don't know if the perfume palace, what's going on? Tell us about the fires, Chad Cruz. Tell us about fire safety right now if you're in the mall. Um, well, there should be clearly marked exits all around the mall. Um, you know, head for the, if it's daytime, head for somewhere where you see daylight. That's what I was, that's what I like to say. Uh, but yeah, there should be plenty of exits clearly marked, uh, lit up. If the sprinklers are going off, that's usually a, a good thing. Sprinklers save more lives than, than anything else. Um, this mall should have had a lot of sprinklers. Uh, I don't remember it having any. That's a problem. Um, it would never have passed one of my inspections. Let me just put that out there, brain. Uh, all right. Maybe they were getting rid of, maybe they were getting rid of this mall. It was under construction, right? That's true. Um, but, you know, I said that music in that whole Rudy and Wallace thing Wallace was odd, thing was- but but this is where it really took the cake because suddenly we get a freaking version of silent night. <laughs> hey, it is a diehard knockoff. Die it hard is, is, but this is like movie. the only bit of Christmas. This is the only, the exactly. Yeah. The, the silent night plays as uh, Sonny commits suicide by cop. Yeah. Why, why was this here? I thought then that's like, well, shouldn't there have been like all kinds of Christmas decorations in this mall? Tom. Yeah, there wasn't even anything for uh, Rudy to swing down like uh, Schwarzenegger and Commando. No, they weren't shit. <laughs> oh, they were shit, all right. <laughs> That's true. There was plenty of that. So yeah, we get Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night for Sonny, uh, as he, as you said, he just decides to go up to that massive machine gun they had planted up there, and of course, obviously, the cops are going to shoot him. Um, Howard at this point is trying to sneak out. So he, so yeah, that could have been Howard's plan all along. He bamboozled everybody. Like, oh yeah, we'll go to the mall. We'll get what we need to get. And then I'll have a helicopter take us out. But Howard never, Chad, maybe Howard never planned on taking a helicopter. He's like, I know about these freaking tunnels. Right. And I think that, you know, if he's as smart as we're meant to think that he is, he's a money launderer. I think yeah. that was always his plan. That's why I guess that's why he went to the place that he knew uh, very well that no right. one else knew and that he could distract everyone with helicopters and Godiva chocolates and fucking whatever else was going on. Perfume palace, Wallace's fluids, <laughs> um, whatever. He was able to distract everybody while he snuck through the, the tunnel with his lover. Armani, I think is his name. But mm. uh, it's probably just a cool nickname because he liked to wear it. I don't know. Um, Joe catches up with him, though, says he's not afraid of dying, but he's afraid of dying without Howard. So, like, they're in this together. Um, and that's when, yeah, the Armani dude shoots Joe. Rudy's in around. He shoots Armani. And uh, wounded Joe now is trying to go to that tunnel that leads to the storm drain that will lead to freedom, sweet freedom. Mm. Uh, but that damn Howard shoots him himself um, before Rudy takes care of. No, Rudy doesn't take care of Howard. Howard runs away first. 
then tries to call for help. Then he gets his throat slit by Rudy. So he doesn't get shot. He gets an up close and personal death. And he gets the, uh, like what he said, you'll be dead in two minutes or something. Mm -hmm. And don't forget that Rudy had warned Joe earlier in the film, uh, you know, being the nineties, they certainly got away with more or were more daring with the language. And he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, that fag screwing your head up. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. So yeah. like he basically told him, you know, this is not gonna go the way that you want it to go. Like he's mm-hmm. he's fucking with you. And Joe is like, Yeah, I know. Cause I, so yeah, it was probably who could fuck over who first, uh, some sort of uh, game between the two of them. <clears throat> um Rudy then says goodbye to Brother Joe, uh, whose dying wish is to smoke a joint. Um so there you go. Uh, dad back home though feels a disturbance in the force. Apparently, I don't know why we cut over to there. If you're dying, brain, does it yeah. make it like medicinal? I mean, it. I yeah, I suppose. Although, yeah. at this, would it matter? Because he's gonna. What are they gonna arrest a corpse? I don't know. I'm just for trying illegal to... uh, pot use in 1998. Maybe. Maybe. It's a federal. I would. Is it still illegal in tech? It probably is. Maybe it is. I don't know. All right. Anyhow. Well, the dad feels the disturbance in the force. Um, no, he hostage- was just trying to, trying to think of who he was going to sign for the Cleveland Indians the next season. Oh, oh wait, that's the wrong James Gammon movie. Uh, the hostage fucking thing. <laughs> the hostages are still stuck. Wallace apparently is still alive because he's too coked out to be dead. Um. But Billy tries to take out Wallace, um, but apparently cannot shoot to save his life at point blank range, basically. Ding. Uh, Rudy comes walking in all bad. Like, this is the the big money shot for Rudy. Chad. He comes walking yeah. out like the fucking Terminator in the factory right. at the end of part one. Yeah. Yeah, that's his big, like, this is his big moment. Like, oh, yeah. The, they're like, oh, the theater's going to be going ape shit when they see this, or <laughs> people watching it at home. They're going to be like, look at this motherfucker coming in. But he does. He, he uses that knife again, or he stabs Wallace. I don't remember. He stabs Wallace. He, kills he stabs him. him, and the hairstylist girl smiles, and she, I think oh, she says, yeah. like, good. Yeah, she's jizzing herself. Whew. Got to clean up. Aisle four. Uh, he, he, yeah, then Rudy helps out the hostages. He cuts open one of the, the gates and is like, here, go out this way, you morons. Um, so but hey, come with us. Oh, no, no. You go without me. Then Rudy goes back for Billy. And he's going to give Billy a second chance. Shows him the way to the storm drain. Which Joe asked him to do. Joe was like, you know, promise you'll watch after that kid or promise you'll help that yeah, kid. Very good so that was, kind of, that was his brother's other dying wish besides uh, having some pot. There and then know. he gave him his brother's car, which is pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really wanted to hook Billy up with a, a fresh start. Uh, Rudy does make his way to the outside, talks to Mac, where they, oh yeah, all the convicts have been accounted for, feds. Don't worry, you can just wrap things up here. <laughs> and... Uh, and thankfully, we too can wrap things up here because that's the end of the movie. It is point blank. Uh, I cannot wait to hear everyone's final thoughts. And we will start with our guest, the Toy Man. Okay, so I had mentioned that I had seen this one again, maybe like 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Had to be on like, you know, HBO late night, one of those times. Never stood out to me. Um, you know, I had the vague, vaguest recollections of it, but I, it's a movie that, you know, it's rare when I don't have a movie on VHS, DVD or Blu-ray. And this is one of them. And, you know, watching it kind of sent a little bit of the memories flooding back. And it made me realize that, you know, this is not one I need even for archival purposes. You know, I, I love Mickey Rourke and a lot of stuff. Uh, Danny Trejo is great, but this one just didn't work. It was almost, uh, I mentioned it before we went on the air. It felt very 90s ish um it felt you know with those like music video type sequences and the blue lights and the slow-mo like it was very much a product of its time just less than you know it it felt like uh, a dtv movie 
and but it didn't feel like you know mean guns or body count or like anything like that it just felt like hey here's what we got uh you know again i i think they probably got some type of tax break or they got some type of funding from texas um i'd have to do a little bit more research on that and they pulled together what resources they had and it was just kind of lumped together it just it, it really had no good flow no standout action sequences it was just uh you know mickey rourke walking around being a badass for an hour and a half um you know it wasn't as bad as uh some of the latter day steven seagal movies with the ego stroking but it's not a movie i need to revisit anytime soon and we all know how much i love to rewatch the things that i love very true chad cruz yeah um I agree with everything Toy Man said. It's, uh, I think that it certainly had moments where it could have been good. It, it's, you know, if you, if you say there, there's a movie Die Hard in a mall, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch that. Uh, so it, it has promise there. Uh, Mickey Rook looks great. Um, the action sequences are all shot so weird. There's like slow motion and it's like, it like zooms in. Music, just, you know, we mentioned the music, music. before. It's just strange. It's, it's really weird. It doesn't, it's not well done. The action sequences aren't well done, even though it seems like they could have been because you had some legitimate action dudes there. Right. Um, and then you, you, you've got your main character, Rudy Ray. Uh, I get the whole mysterious thing. That's cool. But he like he's in the movie less than all the villains. Like I know yeah. more about uh, fucking Sonny and Billy and Joe that I do about Rudy. <laughs> I mean, uh, the movie is really just like him bouncing from place to place. Yeah. Then we get like a little exposition on a prisoner. Then we get Rudy Ray bouncing around from place to place. Yeah. Then we go to another prisoner. It's, it's almost like they had like television episodes, like some prisoner TV show and they combine them all together. Right. And Mickey Rourke was like the Richard Harrison that tied them all together. Right. This was like Mickey Rourke's Godfrey Ho film. And there's, you know, there's so many, we've talked about a bunch of them over the years on the, on the Bulletproof podcast and bulletproofaction.com about diehard clones and diehard knockoffs. And, and there's so many of them. And this one is bad. Very yeah. bad. Yeah, definitely. You know, we actually did, had an entire uh, podcast about our favorite diehard clones. And mm -hmm. obviously nobody mentioned this one. No, this one never came up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say this, I will go on record that this has usurped Surf Ninjas as the movie that we've discussed on this podcast that I liked the least. In fact, I would say I hated this movie because I could even, and I mentioned it in our Surf Ninjas podcast, I understand that's like a nostalgia thing. And mm -hmm. if you grew up with that movie, you probably have a soft spot for it. I did not. So I freaking hated that movie and Rob Schneider. Um, but he is now a little bit safer because this movie takes the cake. This was a shit pie. And there were moments where I was like, oh, if this was just edited differently, maybe, or something. No. As it kept going on, I'm like, no, there's no saving this movie. There is no <laughs> nope. saving it. There's no, the, the, just the, the freaking silent night is still bothering me. If I hear, when I hear silent night, this holiday season, I'm going to probably remember this movie and I'm going to be very angry about it. Now, you've dealt with two clone movies this week. You reviewed Fists of Bruce Lee for the site, and we're talking oh, about that's right. point blank here. What was the worst of the two clone movies? Which one is the one that, like, wins out for being the worst? The, it would be point Was there any redemption in either one that you could choose one over the other? Yes, because it would be musical, at least. Remember when I like Bruce Lee. I can't say I was ever a huge Mickey Rourke fan. So Fizz of Bruce Lee has Bruce Lee going for it. And it had stolen music, good music. So right there it has, cause not this weird music and not freaking silent night in the middle of where there was no other Christmas references other than, <laughs> Hey everybody, it's like Die Hard, And that's a Christmas movie, right? Here's a silent night. Uh huh. Like there was no, there was no wreath on the ranch freaking uh, dad wasn't sitting there writing out his christmas cards when he had a disturbance in the force nothing 
I mean, if they wanted a... public domain music, they could have played like you know the Star Spangled Banner or whatever. You know, the, the guy was a serviceman. Like he talked Some about sort that. Of classical music, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have had a pun somewhere with Mickey Rourke about you know digging a ditch too, like you know fucking digging a grave for somebody. <laughs> like the first time we see him, he's digging a ditch. It's perfect. I would like to go do that the ditch that Chris the Brain would like to bury this film in. That's, That's what, what I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like to. I'd like to find that ditch and take all copies of this film, and uh, and throw it in there, uh, for, never to be seen again. But uh, there you go. Thanks, Sara. We we still want your anybody to send a suggestion. Uh, but that was not. That was a bad one. The worst one. Yeah, the question is, did he do it to screw with us? He may have. Or again, like you said, he maybe they're entertained when we don't like a movie. Yeah, that that's true. That's very possible. Or he or misery loves company, as you said. I think we'll that find out. Be. I'm sure he'll hit us up again and and again. We always welcome that. And you can hit us up on social media at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, now known as X at bulletproof action on facebook instagram and threads and uh let us know because you know we might have another suggestion box week at some point i'm sure we will yeah it's fun i've got got we need to have a redemption week after this week we we might we might i do have a theme i'll talk to you guys about it after we go off the air i also want to talk about i will be on the sports book with nick and geo once again i will be talking survivor series and sharing my predictions so stay tuned for that i will i'm sure i'll share that on social media but i want to talk about something we missed out on talking about last time we had you on chris dollar tree update have you heard any rumblings uh, have you found anything good what's going on with the dollar tree and their amazing movie selection so the amazing movie selection right now um you know we might be uh nearing the end of uh, the Dollar Tree DVD hauls. Um, you know, I usually browse the uh, Blu-ray.com forums. Uh, there's usually updates on what people are finding. Some people were reporting scattered boxes here and there. Uh, I managed to find a couple of movies last week, including uh, one of my favorite movies from the 2000s, John Q with Denzel Washington. Love that Great movie. movie. And I uh, found a, a brand spanking new DVD copy of that to replace my burned copy from years ago. Um, but according to a Dollar Tree employee who posts on that forum, there is no dedicated end cap for Black Friday movies this year, which means that the movie shipments are getting to be sparse. And uh, now with Best Buy phasing out physical media, I do wonder if they'll be catching any of those liquidations later on in 2024 or if uh, they're just going to trickle in like how, uh, you know, it's basically going to turn into a treasure hunt store where maybe one month I'll walk in there and there'll be a shiny new box of DVDs with a couple of things in it. Or if we're seeing the end of physical media, even at the cheapest retail place around, mm-hmm. which would be a sad day because uh, we've spent years talking about some mm-hmm. of the things that I've grabbed there. Many of which remain unwrapped. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm a, a sorry, not unwrapped, of... still wrapped, yeah. needing right. to be unwrapped. Yeah, I know they did get a lot from like the Kmart's, uh, but obviously those have been gone now for quite a few years. So that that supply is probably dried up. A lot of Kmart, a lot of Walmart. Um, I know big lots. Uh, we have one big lots in Rhode Island, and I've been there a couple of times. They're actually right next to a Dollar Tree, um, and uh, they do get things from time to time. But the pricing obviously is not as good. Um, they're good for TV seasons and DC animated and things like that. But you know, I will I will miss having to frequent Dollar Tree as often as I do because I always enjoyed finding something new to add to the movie collection. Well, keep us posted uh, when, when you do find something. Uh, Chad course. Cruz, it is Thanksgiving tomorrow is. As, as this Indeed. drops. I know it's one of your favorite holidays. What it is, is it? Uh, sure, you like to eat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you cook? Are you? Is it at your house? Or what's going on? Well, let's say uh, as this drops, I'll actually be having a uh, day before Thanksgiving at, at my home. Okay. Going to be doing a, a brunch with some family members. Going to be making some uh, uh, 
Mimosas? French toast casserole with, with uh, fresh raspberries <laughs> on top. That's going to be delicious. Uh, mostly just breakfast food. We're going to, you know, we'll probably pig out all day. And then uh, in the evening, maybe we'll do some like dessert stuff. Got some pies, some uh, Rice crispy treats on standby, ready to rock. Um, and then and then the day of Thanksgiving, I'll actually be working. Oh, so we're going to be smoking a turkey for about four mm. or five hours. And, and we're going to just be filling our gullets with so much shit. Uh, I'll probably have to make myself vomit at least twice. Wow. That's, that was a, a sudden turn there at the end of that story. Uh, well, very good. Are you want, are you thankful for anything this year, Chad Cruz? Uh, sure, man. I got moved into a new house, got a new baby. Um, health everybody's healthy just kind of i'm hopefully i'm done having babies uh i'm about to diy uh and you need to cut off those secretions uh there's no cutting those babies off but <laughs> too powerful all right uh <laughs> chris <laughs> but yeah but yeah we're gonna make a segue to me after that over, over to you or your secretions <laughs> <laughs> over to you I, gotta, I have to follow chad's secretions i gotta get washed out by chad's secretions uh i am thankful that i'm not in the vicinity of the secretions i'm thankful that, that yeah you know, i am too I'm, I'm thankful for umbrellas and raincoats when i'm in chad's presence uh no i am thankful for uh my family uh you know the wife the little guy uh thankful for all of my friends who keep me sane such as you guys who give me an outlet to talk about things i love and uh, when I love to talk about things that I don't like, such as point blank here tonight. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I appreciate everybody who uh, listens to our voices and reads our content. Uh, and I hope that they all have uh, a great holiday, however they celebrate it. Uh, best to all of you and yours out there. Absolutely. Definitely thankful for those of you who listen to the podcast. Check out the website. Uh thankful when the website actually works and we don't have behind the scenes bull crap going on freaking technical nightmares as of late who should we blame for this it's not it's not beyond my control that the no, our, not you. our hosting you. company has merged with another hosting company that apparently is like the number one rated host uh not so far not with me you mother yeah, so there's that. So yeah, definitely. So you're saying you're uh, the point blank of hosting companies right now. Uh, maybe I they're trying to get rid of us. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, it's trust me that that thoughts run through my mind. Like, is somebody trying to tell me something? Am I just am I supposed to stop this now? I don't um, think the uh, secretion conversation is going to save us, Chad. So, <laughs> uh, it depends on who's listening, pal. <laughs> Some of these big wigs, man, they probably love that shit. Yeah, they love it. Um, I'm also thankful that I got to return to wrestling commentary this year. Been, yeah, you did. That was a very uh, that that energized me more every time I did it. Um, yeah, recapturing lost youth, um, so to speak. So, does it does it make you wish you had never stopped? Sometimes, yes. It, you know what I I really feel brain is is you know in in my past life in the wrestling world. Uh, I, I was never, I was never going anywhere with, with my abilities. And I, you know, I always did it more for fun than anything, but, uh, but I really feel like, you know, having done the website with you for the past, I don't know, it's gotta be at least 20 years. Uh, feels like it. <laughs> in this podcast, we've had at least what, 3000 <laughs> episodes. Uh, I feel like, seven. Oh, that's a lot too, Maybe. but you know, I feel like, you know, we just talk into these microphones so goddamn much. I feel like, uh, if I had, if I could go back to being 23 again, I'd probably, uh, I, you know, charismatic, I'd be, I'd be a lot more charismatic. I wouldn't talk as much about secretions, but I, I feel like I could have had a good you, run. You, you, you think you could just turn on charisma? Well, you know, don't, I, you, either you, don't you either have it or you don't, you know what I didn't have back then? And I think that if you if you speak to those who are closest to me at the time, I didn't have. I never really found the gimmick that worked for me. If that makes sense to you, no. And secretions is that gimmick. <laughs> and my gimmick is <laughs> banging chicks. No, my I'm Wallace. I'm gonna be Wallace. Uh, no, I just think that you know. 
No, I mean, that's wrestling. I mean, sometimes some of the biggest names don't find what clicks until who knows when. You know, it, it could be many, many years before that right gimmick at the right time, yep. at the right place, and it all has to fall into. And then it's like, how the hell did this not? How did we not? Right. How did we not see this before? I mean, look at our, our old colleague, L.A. Knight, for heaven's sake. Yeah. I mean, we may have mentioned this before. If he had 2% of the popularity he has now, that back then, I wouldn't have left wrestling. We would have right. still been going, or I would have still been going with it because we would have actually been drawing a crowd and making Successful. money. <laughs> exactly. And then somebody else would have been like, oh, take a notice, and we would have probably got scooped up by by them so yeah that's the way it goes though yeah what can you do not too not too much we had fun didn't we brain we certainly did and uh you know we even had fun on this podcast even if it wasn't the most enjoyable film and i don't know what we're going to do next time i do know our last one of the years is going to be invasion usa i'm sticking to that and i'm looking forward yeah i'm all for that one that sounds like a blast Uh, so we're going to need it we're going to need it uh, so, all right. Well, I think we've uh, come to the end of the road on this one. So, happy Thanksgiving to you, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there who happens to celebrate it. If not, you know, it's Thursday for you. So, enjoy your Thursday, folks. Uh, and we'll be back. And uh, again, as I always say, thanks for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.